Welcome back to the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily, hosted by me, RMD editor Chris Clow. In this show, we speak with reverse mortgage business leaders, professionals, government officials, and thought leaders to provide listeners with the pulse of the reverse mortgage industry and all of the business and regulatory realities which affect it. In this episode, I'm joined by Dan Holtquist, longtime reverse mortgage industry educator and author, to discuss the latest edition of his reverse mortgage product guide, Understanding Reverse, and the changes that went into the writing of the 2023 edition. We also take a look back at the roller coaster of a year that was 2022 in the reverse mortgage business, touching on topics including the biggest stories that have impacted the makeup of the top 10 lenders, what the business environment will look like headed into 2023, how a new lending limit of over $1 million could impact business prospects, and a whole lot more. Hope you enjoy it. Dan, thank you so much for joining me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, Chris. Great. Excellent. Well, really appreciate having you. Um, one of the things that I always like to do because your, uh, your industry guide, Understanding Reverse, always publishes a new edition um, at the end of the previous year slash beginning of the new year. So let's talk about that first. For those who may not be fully aware of your book. Tell us a little bit about Understanding Reverse and how it's been used by the reverse mortgage industry. Sure. I started writing it back in 2012, a little bit into 2013. The first edition came out in 2014. And the whole purpose of it was to make sure that people understand how this thing operates. What is a reverse mortgage? How does it work? What are the nuts and bolts? Uh, There really wasn't a book out there that gave a good, simple answer to that question and included the regulatory references and charts and guides and things like that. And so we've published it every year. This is our ninth edition. And it's not meant to be persuasive, although if it gives the client more confidence that they understand the product, that's always a good thing, right, from a sales standpoint. And so understanding reverse is really the nuts and bolts of how a reverse mortgage operates. And sometimes loan originators want to know, well, where does it say that? And we get our regulations from so many different sources that it's helpful to the lender, the loan originator, the underwriter, the closer, the servicer, so that they know where the guidelines are written. Excellent. Great. Yeah, appreciate the overview. Um, You always have to wait until the end of the year to take the latest guidance from FHA and HUD into account to update certain operational details of the HECM. What details did you update and expand on for the 2023 edition of the book? Sure. I usually don't start the rewrite or the updates until sometime in November because we have regulatory changes that often take place the first week in October because of HUD's fiscal year. And then we usually get a mortgagee letter that announces the new HECM limits for the next year. And so I usually wait to finalize any changes until we have that mortgagee letter drop, which is usually the first week in December. Excellent. Great. And, you know, the uh, educational component arguably has taken on some additional importance very recently. And we'll talk about more uh, regarding what we've seen in the business this year in a little bit. But I have to ask, considering the big consolidations that we've seen take place in the industry just over the past month and the way that, uh, that business appears to be trending, How does that new posture affect the viability of your book as an informational resource for professionals and for consumers? 
Yeah, it's a good question. We've seen some consolidation in the industry, and unfortunately, we're going to lose some educators. And I believe that educators and trainers in the reverse mortgage space are some of the most valuable employees in our space because most people don't understand what it is. Many loan originators don't understand what the reverse mortgage is, and so we rely on educators. So the book is probably a little bit more important in 2023 um, even some regulators don't quite understand it. And so they buy the book too. So it's always important for us to go ahead and get the new edition published so that everybody knows here are the new rules, anything that's updated. Like for example, we didn't expect rates to change so dramatically in 2022. And so in 2023, we have a much broader scope of rates and uh, on the forward side, they call them LTVs, right? But on the reverse side, we call them PLFs, principal limit factors, because it takes into account the borrower's age. And so we have a much broader spectrum of rates and ages this year in 2023, just because we don't know what the market's going to do. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in terms of just the roller coaster of things that we've seen over the course of the past calendar year in particular, I'm curious about your perspective on the importance of industry education, because as you well know, having been in the space for as long as you have, I certainly hear from a lot of companies about how more resources need to be put into education. There's still such uh, a, a large ceiling of untapped potential reverse mortgage borrowers out there. Um, considering how you kind of had to get into a reflective mood in updating your book and where things currently stand, how do you think everything that's happened over the past 12 months changes the importance of reverse mortgage education, if at all? Oh, yeah. It's, it's so much more important now in the pa than in the past because we have so many forward originators that are panicking at this point, wondering, how do I diversify my product offerings? We saw it actually begin in January you know, we're a large uh, forward office here at Fairway. And so uh, we found that our class sizes started to double or triple. And so we have so many um, forward or traditional mortgage loan originators that want to diversify their product offerings. And they need to have a resource. They need to have something they can rely on to find out, you know, answers to their questions. Fortunately, my book is written in a, a very simple format, even though it's got all the regulatory references in the back. Each chapter is only two pages long, and it answers a question, a, a critical question that someone's going to ask. You know, like, what is a reverse mortgage? What is the non-recourse clause? Uh, what happens when the last borrower dies? Uh, what are the borrower's obligations throughout the loan? Those are critical questions that every loan originator needs to understand. The industry for a long time seems to have been very interested in the idea of expanding the base of uh, reverse mortgage professionals by appealing to the forward side. Do you think that um, you know your book and the, the edition that's coming out this year uh, can help to potentially facilitate uh, more forward originators taking up reverse? And how have forward originators used your book in the past? Absolutely. I mean, where else are they going to go? Uh, they, there's only a, a handful of wholesale providers that have uh, great training staff, and you can go there and you can receive some education on the product. Um, but to actually have something in your hand as a, as a Bible, as a resource, as something that you can always reference back to, when the client says, hey, I don't understand this, this specific concept, you can just look up that chapter. 
Excellent. Great. Well, uh, let's shift gears a bit and get into a more reflective mood. Um, I'm curious, again, because of uh, all of the changes that you've seen and had to take into account because of uh, your specific responsibilities within the reverse mortgage industry, what springs to mind for you first when you think about what 2022 has meant for the industry overall? How do you think this year could be most remembered as we move forward? I think it's got to be rates. I mean, we have two sets of rates that we use in the reverse space. I know on the forward or traditional side, there's just one rate for that loan. Every Heckam loan, well, almost every Heckam loan, since 98% of ours are ARMS, actually have two rates. We use an expected rate, which is tied to the 10-year CMT, and we have a note rate or interest rate, which is tied to the one-year CMT. And we know there's been dramatic changes to both of them. And as the 10-year CMT goes up, borrowers get a little bit less money. And so rates have a direct impact on how much they qualify for. Now, it doesn't impact their payment because a reverse mortgage doesn't have a monthly principal and interest mortgage payment required. Uh, They can make one, but it simply adjusts their accruals. And so on on our side, we follow the 10-year CMT very closely. I follow it every day. And I send out rate uh, rate alerts to those that work uh, within our company. And yeah, we saw uh, the 10-year CMT climb throughout the year, which means borrowers are qualifying for a little bit less. Um, But those who qualify for a reverse mortgage get the advantage of their line of credit is growing at the note rate. And so uh, are there advantages in getting it right now? Sure there are. Okay, you're going to get less money than you could last year up front, but you have to a look at the long play, right? The long play is get a reverse mortgage when you can, when you can qualify for it and watch that line of credit grow over time at the same rate that your loan balance grows. But I would say rates have to be the top story. Um, I mean, the third quarter was not, uh, third and fourth quarter really haven't been very kind to us. We're starting to see a little bit of a reprieve now. And one of the nuances of the reverse mortgage too, which is kind of neat is once you take that application for a reverse mortgage, you can actually lock in that expected rate. It's actually the expected rate index, that 10-year CMT average that's available at the time that you sign the application, but you get an automatic float down. So we're seeing borrowers, um, because of this slide right now in the 10-year CMT, it's actually dropped a little bit. Borrowers are qualifying for more money at closing than they did at application. And so rates would have to be the top story of the year. Yeah, of course. And, and I mean, I can certainly attest to, uh, to the roller coaster that, uh, that rates have been on and the various responses that uh, a lot of major and smaller players in the business have had to make as a result of those. Um, you know, one of the bigger stories that emerged over the previous couple of years was a transition from the London Interbank Offered Rate to the constant maturity treasury rate. I think a lot of people thought that that was going to be a really disruptive change. How do you think it ended up shaking out? I don't know that it was really that much of an impact. You know, it's nice that it's written into every Heckam note and uh, loan agreement what happens when an index goes away. And so we're seeing that right now, those old legacy loans that are tied to the LIBOR are transitioning into the CMT. At the same time, HUD approved the SOFR. Uh, We have not seen those as of yet, but uh, the secured overnight financing rate is an alternate index. It was designed to be a uh, replacement 
for the LIBOR, right? A U.S.-based LIBOR substitute. And so eventually, are we going to see some SOFRs? Maybe. Um, but I don't think it's been a huge transition. I think, you know, all the indices have gone up over the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Well, uh, you know, in addition to the consolidation of major industry players at the end of this year, we also saw that the Heckam lending limit is going to be rising above $1 million for the first time in industry history in 2023. Um, how do all of these factors combine, you know, particularly the, the consolidation of major industry players, as well as uh, a much higher lending limit this time as we prepare to head into the new year? Yeah, the Heckam limits going from $970,800 up to $1,089,300. And there's a lot of misconceptions about what that is. A lot of people refer to that as the maximum claim amount. It's not. Uh, the maximum claim amount for a Heckam loan is the home's value up to that Heckam limit. And so what that does for us, though, is it opens the door to work with borrowers who have much more valuable homes. Uh, California, we're talking about you, right? New York, a little bit of Florida. And there are areas of the country, pockets of the country, where if somebody has a, a very uh, high-valued home, they were looking at proprietary products. And we've seen a lot of changes to the proprietary products in 2022. Um, I'm a Heckam purist myself. I love the Heckam product, the home equity conversion mortgage insured by FHA, regulated by HUD. Right? That is a product that I've been passionate about for quite some time. And I think what you're going to find is this is actually really good for HUD. It's good for FHA as the insurer. It's really good for the consumer. Uh, we have a lot of homes in that um, bracket. Really what it does, this Heckam limit of $1,089,300, what it is is it's a cap of usable home value for case numbers assigned in that calendar year. So starting uh, first week in January, we're going to be assigning case numbers for HECMs. If the home is valued at $2 million, okay, well, it's going to be capped at $1,089,300. And that's good. It's good for the consumer. Uh, the w- reason I say it's good for FHA is because higher-valued homes tend to appreciate well. Um, they tend to be maintained properly. Uh, that's also a lot of money that gets thrown into the mutual mortgage insurance fund. And so I think it was a good move. HUD doesn't have to do that each year. They don't have to tie it to 150% of the conforming limit, Uh, but they've made it their practice. There's no statutory requirement to do that. But I think it was a good move on on HUD's behalf to go ahead and decide to do that. Yeah, in terms of uh, your perspective as a Heckam purist, as you say, um, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, changes take place and some volatility on the proprietary side in 2022. What do you think that means in compare or in combination with the larger Heckam lending limit? Are uh, Heckams going to cement a place of further? I mean, uh, there's already uh, Heckams are provide the overwhelming majority of industry volume right now, anyway. But do you think that uh, considering some of the difficulties that we've seen on the proprietary side this year and the new lending limit on the Heckam side, that Heckam is just going to continue to dominate in 2023? I think so. And I think it'll squeeze into the proprietary, which is it's not necessarily a bad thing from our perspective. I, I know some of those who are uh, who own those proprietary products would love to see more utilization of those. There's still going to be a market for that. It's just we've seen a lot of volatility on the proprietary side that maybe we haven't seen on the Heckam side. 
And so if someone can qualify for a Heckam, I would rather see a Heckam. If, uh, if it turns out the proprietary is a better option, then by all means, let's explore those options. In some cases, the costs are a little bit less because there's no upfront mortgage insurance premium. Uh, sure, the interest is higher, but there's no MIP, right? So there are some advantages and there's some niche um, proprietary products that are probably going to emerge over the next year to satisfy the needs of uh, higher priced homeowners. The uh, proprietary product landscape, as it was at least like a year ago, is very reactive to uh, product changes that take place on the Heckam side. Uh, considering some of the changes that we've seen, like you just mentioned, there's a, the chance for some niche proprietary products to come out in the future. Do you think that the proprietary landscape is going to be improved by a lot of these uh, changes that we're observing the industry at large go through as we head into the new year? I hope so. I hope there's some proprietary products that mimic a little, some of the features available with the Heckin product. Um, I know there's some rumblings out there about that, and I think we'll probably see some innovation in that space. Certainly. Great. Well, um, what do you think industry companies and individual professionals should be doing to best prepare for business in the new year? Obviously, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of people um, finding new places to work, but there are also some people who uh, may not have been so fortunate coming off of some of the bigger consolidations and, and layoffs that we've certainly seen this year. But as everybody, people who are with companies and people who are also wanting to get back in the game, so to speak, what do you think that they should be doing as we get ready to enter 2023? I think probably that one of the biggest needs that we have is focus on public perception. It's amazing to me that here we are many, many over 30 years later, you know, we're still struggling with some of the same issues that we've had. If you're a loan originator or lender out there, focus a lot of your energy on counteracting some of the myths and misconceptions. Uh, I just gave a presentation earlier today on some of that, you know, overcoming some of the big obstacles that we face, you know, defend your industry. We know this product is outstanding. There's such a big disconnect, and it's not just, um, not just the reverse mortgage product and the consumer. You know, I, I spoke at a conference recently of mortgage professionals, and I opened up the, my presentation by saying, hey, how many here are excited about getting a reverse mortgage when they retire? Age 62 or 65, 70. Uh, is anybody excited about getting a reverse mortgage? I raised my hand. And only one person did. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, meet your account executive. You know, there's a wholesale account executive in the room. <laughs> and so what do we know that nobody else in the room seems to know? So we need to focus on uh, counteracting public perception issues, focus on education, work with our, our forward brothers and sisters, and make sure that they understand who is the right candidate. Uh, that might might mean telling them, do not look at a 30-year fixed for somebody who's 70 years old. It's irresponsible. I get it. They don't understand the product and how it works, but don't do that. Uh, don't even consider a HELOC for somebody in that age bracket. Uh, HELOCs, and I mentioned in, this pr in the presentation that I gave, that HELOCs are nothing more than an umbrella that gets taken away when it starts to rain. I'm sure a lot of the banks and credit unions didn't appreciate that comment, but um, we need to educate the mortgage industry. We need to educate the consumer. 
we need to counteract some of the negative press that we see from time to time because they simply don't know. Uh, we see negative press not because it's true, but it's because they're uninformed. Sure, of course. And, um, you know, one of the big things that came out of uh, one of the recent stories for consolidation is that uh, AAG's marketing apparatus is still going to continue to exist, conceivably if the deal with Finance of America goes through. Uh, obviously, AAG has been a big driver of um, of getting the word out about reverse mortgages. Do you foresee any um, potential... Like, do you think that your job of, of making people become more fully aware of reverse mortgages will be harder, easier, or about the same in 2023? Boy, that's a tough one to answer. I sure hope they continue with the ad campaigns because it brings awareness. I know sometimes there's some jokes uh, in uh, late night talk shows and things like that. Uh, clearly, they don't understand the value of the product and how important it is. You know, it's really not a laughing matter. Uh, I really believe that the widespread TV campaigns have actually helped. Uh, I think, I hope that they continue. I mean, you have a, you know, a reputable individual who yeah, doesn't, um, doesn't have a need to do this. I think uh, there's clearly a need for the product. And so hopefully we continue to have some widespread marketing campaigns to spread the word. Yeah, most definitely. And he certainly seems to have a lot of authority with the, with the audience, that's for sure. Well, um, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share as we say goodbye to 2022? Quite, quite a year you were, 2022. What are, you, what are your parting thoughts to uh, the RMD audience and the wider reverse mortgage industry audience as we prepare to enter a new year? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things to look forward to in the next year. Obviously, the Heckam limits would be one. We know rates are going to go down at, at some point, and that's going to provide a little bit more uh, funding for some of these. Uh, there are some things that we need to do from a regulatory standpoint, and of course, we'll be talking about that over the, over the coming months to improve the product. I mean, we, we've all, uh, hopefully many of us have read the actuarial report, right? And I think, um, I think we're on solid ground from the mutual mortgage uh, insurance fund standpoint. So I think there are some regulatory changes that could maybe enhance volume over the coming years. But, you know, we still have an expanding demographic for this. We know we've, we've all heard the figure 10,000 seniors are turning 62 every day and 44 percent of them are still making a mortgage payment. Right. Why? Because they don't understand they don't need to. There's better uses for those funds. Right. Free up cash flow, pay off the existing mortgage, take care of your insurance and financial planning needs. Uh, I hope over the coming year, we continue to make more progress with the financial services professionals, the advisors, uh, the insurance agents, uh, long-term care providers, home care providers. Uh, I would suggest loan originators focus on referral partnerships. You know, get those realtors out there educated, do your continuing education classes with them if need be, but make sure that realtors understand the Heckin for Purchase product, which is underutilized. But I think we have a lot to look forward in the coming year, and we'll be there trying to make some changes right along with you. Excellent, Dan. Thank you. Well, if people wanted to find more information about you or Understanding Reverse, where can they go? Yeah, understandingreverse.com. Uh, that would be my website. Subscribe there because I, I hope to blog a little, a little bit more in 2023. Uh, obviously, I've got books and resources there. We actually have four books for sale. One is also available on Amazon, but... The other three you can only get through that site, one for the homeowner, 
one for um, uh, the home buyer, somebody who's working with a real estate agent, and one who's the savvy homeowner that wants to work with uh, the financial planning incentives. And so uh, stay tuned. I think we'll have a fourth resource guide available this year. And I'm really excited about rolling that one out. So make sure you subscribe and you'll see the information. Oh, it's quite a tease to leave us on. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Dan. We really appreciate you being a part of it. And uh, I'm sure that we will check in with you again quite a bit in 2023 to chart all of the moves that the industry is likely to make in the new year. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RMD Podcast. Again, I want to extend my appreciation to Dan Holtquist for taking the time to give us an idea about what goes into the creation of a revised industry educational guide and for sharing his thoughts on the state of the business headed into the new year. Dan is also one of the 2022 selections for RMD's Changemakers class, so be on the lookout for more about the Changemakers on RMD. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of HW Media. The RMD podcast is produced by Elissa Branch. Be sure to come back for an all-new episode very soon. Happy holidays and happy new year. See you next time.